Richard Sherman? Gosh, I love singing your songs. Like Super Fragile Cala, Super Califragile. It's a small world after all. This is Hester. For your safety, please stay seated with your seatbelt fastened nice and tight while you ride. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our final boarding call and the doors will be closing soon. Please board quickly and safely. Our monorail will be departing momentarily. So repeat after us. Here we go! W, w Radio. You're in everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 384 for the week of November 9th, 2014. I am here this and every week to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, my videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, my trivia books, audio tours, and 102 ways to save money at Walt Disney World Book. You can find that and lots more by visiting the website over at wdwradio.com. So Walt Disney World is a place where everyone is welcome, and extraordinary measures are taken to ensure that every guest has a truly magical experience. And for those guests that have special needs, whether they be dietary, sensory, physical, or otherwise, the Disney parks are, for many, the best vacation destination because of what Disney does to accommodate. And keep in mind that traveling with special needs includes everything from traveling with children to seniors, dietary restrictions, size limitations, and numerous other sensitivities. So this week, we're going to discuss some of those special needs as well as tips, strategies, and the 10 things you need to know before you go. Then I'll have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have some updates and announcements, including information about upcoming events, including our meetup in Disneyland this coming weekend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Walt Disney World is an inclusive resort destination, and I don't mean that in terms of all-inclusive, but in a much more important sense of the expression, because it's really meant to be a place where anyone and everyone is welcome and included. And in fact, in the nearly 10 years I've been doing this show, I have heard countless times that families with special needs, whether they are dietary, sensory, physical, or otherwise, have found that not only is Walt Disney World the most accommodating destination, but for many families, it's the only place that they can vacation because of the extraordinary lengths Disney goes through to ensure that almost anyone and everyone can enjoy the resort and have what we all understand is a truly, and I'm doing air quotes, magical vacation. So this week, I want to talk to you about some of these special needs, as well as tips and strategies and what to know before you go. 
So I wanted to bring in an expert, because I admittedly am not one, and she is Kathy Kelly, who hosts the Special Mouse Podcast and SpecialMouse.com. She is a longtime listener. More importantly, she's a longtime friend. So Kathy, welcome to the show. Hi, Lou. Oh my gosh, I'm now able to cross something off my Disney bucket list. <laughs> I am actually here on the WDW radio show. Well, I I've cannot... been trying I've been trying to book you for years and your agent oh. and you, you know your management there, there are always so many roadblocks along the way. But you know when I say that you are an expert, it's not just because you've been podcasting and had your site for like 2 years now, but because you experience Walt Disney World with special needs firsthand. And if you don't mind, could you share a little bit about you and your story and and how you sort of started the, the Special Mouse Empire? Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I, I'd be happy to. Uh, well, uh, I have two children and my youngest is, uh, he's not, he's no longer a child anymore. He's, he's 16. He's taller than me. He's a big galoot. And uh, he has <laughs> autism, classic autism, uh, which is a developmental disability. So it's something that is uh, permanent and it affects many areas of his life, mostly communication, socialization, uh, and learning. And because of that, uh, we had to, when planning our first trip back in 2003, uh, we had to do a little bit of additional uh, preparation and research so that he could uh, enjoy the parks as could the rest of the family. Uh, so uh, of course, after that first visit, I totally fell in love with Walt Disney World, became a raving maniac, as my husband predicted that I would be. Uh, so started getting into, of course, looking for more uh, information, more uh, community, more uh, connections through blogs and, and through forums and through podcasts, and came to discover that there there although there was many, many fine resources, there wasn't a lot of information out there for families uh, who were traveling with autism. And uh, and to expand that even further, families traveling with a variety of, of uh, special needs and disabilities. So uh, pretty much I decided to set out and make the, the website, the blog, the podcast that I would like to listen to. And... and and I think that's how a lot of us start, right? You sort of, you write the book you want to read, you create the, sh the website that you want to, to visit and, and you do it because you want to, A, share what you love with other people and help them along the way too. You know, what you're really doing is a service because certainly you are not alone. And when, and when I say special needs, when I think we space, say special needs, we don't just mean sensory or physical limitations or disabilities, and, and forgive me if I use an incorrect term, I, I also mean things like traveling with young children or infants or seniors who have their own set of special needs, dietary restrictions, a foreign language is a special need, right? If you have fears, if, there, if you have auditory or visual impairments, physical size limitations, motion sensitivity, there are so many other different things that we necessarily can't see or even identify and quantify. So special needs is, is a very, very broad, uh, you know, sort of overreaching term. Absolutely. We've, we've done shows on, uh, you know, infants and nursing uh, babies at the parks. We've done, uh, you know, chronic conditions that you wouldn't consider a, a disability per se, things like insulin-dependent diabetes, fibromyalgia, uh, of course, my own personal experience is autism, so and and the autism population is growing, 
in in our country and, and around the world. So we, we do spend a lot of time on developmental disabilities such as uh, autism. But uh, yes, invisible, visible mobility, um, uh, it's it's pretty much endless. Uh, I, and I and I dare say uh, you you could take any large family group. Don't you love when you get on the bus and you see the multi-generational, you know, the mom is there with the baby and then her parents and then maybe even their parents. And and you just it just warms the cockles of your heart because you see the whole <laughs> big extended family there and getting ready for a day in the parks. And, you know, you may or may not notice. I notice because, well, I've been a, a registered nurse for 30 years, you know, so I say, oh, OK, well, you know, it looks like perhaps uh, – Perhaps grandma has uh, uh, maybe some rheumatoid arthritis. I see she's got her shorts on and I can see the swelling and the redness in her her uh, knees. And maybe that's why she's got that scooter with her. And, and uh, oh, well, we've got the baby. And, of course, the baby's going to have some special needs because of uh, the age and the, uh, the nutritional uh, requirements. And, and you know, who knows? There's invisible disabilities. Maybe big brother is on the autism spectrum. You never, never know. So uh, it's uh, it's it's really a, quite a large population. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important because people need, and I th- obviously as time has gone on, we've we've all become much more sensitive to it. But you do need to understand, you don't need to have a visual, physical limitation or be in a wheelchair to have a special need, right? And it's something you hear people who don't understand, like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't look like he's you know, he's got a special need or he's handicapped or whatever. what does he do? Well, we can't tell, right? You, you don't, you can't necessarily tell. And I think, you know, I, I did a show, gosh, probably five, six years ago on going to Walt Disney World with special needs. I had a round table of people that each represented everything from dietary to physical to autism. But I think one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show with you is because things have changed. And I think there's been a lot of progression in terms of how Disney accommodates special needs, how they are, we are all much more aware of just how broad the special needs spectrum really is and how it it appears to me uh, as though Disney has become even more uh, accommodating than they were in the past. Well, and I think through the years, their reputation has grown also so that uh, people who perhaps may have been apprehensive about doing a theme park vacation uh, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, it's it's very different now because uh, they see Walt Disney World as being a very accessible and very uh, – it, it's, it's got – livability to it you can you can enjoy maybe not perhaps the exact same experience that other guests uh do depending upon what your special challenge is uh but uh and the information is out there of course now we've got this wonderful thing called the internet and uh and and we have uh word of mouth and we've got uh this this wonderful resource this this ever-expanding uh uh group of people that love to talk about Walt Disney World and Disney travel and who are sharing their experiences and their information. And so it really has become, I think, in people's minds, uh, much more accessible uh, to where they, they're they not as apprehensive about taking on the challenge of the trip. Well, I think you hit on the head. I think what we have now is the blessing of community, right? Because that person that may be 
wherever he or she is and thinks that they are the only one and they didn't in the past have somewhere to talk to and ask about can now go onto a discussion forum. They can go to Facebook. They can go to a Google Plus community and talk with and ask questions and read stories of people who have experienced it firsthand and get their questions answered. And I think that is really how and why it has become so much more accessible. And like I said, I wanted to sort of, you know, look, you do a podcast about it. You've been doing it for two years. It's certainly not something we can cover completely in a show, but I thought we would maybe talk about those 10 things, and I'm sure they could be a thousand things, that you kind (laughs) of need to know about going to Walt Disney World with special needs. And I think some things will be more applicable to others, but I think for a lot of things that we'll talk about, Kathy, they will apply to you and your per, your personal situation or your family situation or that friend that you know that maybe is hesitant to going. This may be what you need to help you understand that you can go, you should go, and that we're going to, I think, we'll talk along the way, that Disney is there to help you both before you go and when you get there you know, with any sort of requirements that you might have. They're going to really sort of go out of their way to make sure you have the best possible vacation experience. Yes. Well, the tagline for my show is the magic is for everyone. So so let's dive in. Let's go right into let's go right off to first and foremost. Well, the first thing before you even pull out the books, fire up the uh, the, the computer, do anything the first thing I think that uh, you need to know is that you have to determine uh, what your expectations are for this vacation and kind of get yourself in the right mindset. Uh, and by that, I mean um, to uh, to be very, very honest with uh, yourself, with your travel party, your family about, uh, you know, is this the right kind of vacation for us? Is this the right time for us to take uh, this vacation? You know, Walt Disney World, I, I, I used to work with a coworker who said, you know, there's vacations and there's trips. You know, Walt Disney World <laughs> is a trip, you know, because yes, it's, it's very, it's very large. It's very, um, sensory overwhelming it's loud and it's crowded and it's uh, it's busy and bustle and uh, and now especially with the changes to uh, the, uh, the 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 my magic plus and making your fast pass plus reservations and your advanced dining reservations you know th- there is a lot of pre-trip uh, preparation that's involved which in a way uh, is is good but it's also uh, it, it can bring out a lot of apprehensive apprehension and anxiety on the part of people that are planning uh, uh, their trips, particularly if they're worried about uh, their particular special needs. So uh, the first thing I think to do is to um, to really consider, and this is 100% individual, you know, whether your family can do this kind of a trip uh, or not. Um, I remember when we first started thinking about going to Walt Disney World, uh, my son was just diagnosed with the autism. Uh, he was young. He was, you know, well, it was actually pervasive developmental disorder, which is the precursor. But, you know, he was three. It just seemed like it was a lot going on. And yes, I would love to take a three-year-old and a five-year-old to Walt Disney World. Seems like it's the perfect age, right? But there was so much going on. He was just starting his special education preschool. We were kind of just wrapping our minds around the diagnosis. It at that point in time, it just seemed better to defer it until they were a little bit older. So we put it off for a couple of years. And that's our, that was, that was my choice, you know, but, but, you know, you may need to sit down and make, uh, 
the hard choices. Um, the other thing involved with that is expectations. Mm-hmm. I was laughing. We just got uh, recently because, well, we were going to be going to Walt Disney World in January. Unfortunately, our trip had to be postponed till May. But we got the uh, the mailings from uh, from Walt Disney World about telling us all about the the magic band technology and everything. And I laughed because I'm looking at the uh, the the picture that they have of the the family of four and they're coming up to the cast member and they're showing their their wristband and placing it up against the the Mickey head. And I'm looking around, I said to my daughter, what's missing here? What's missing in this picture? <laughs> what's missing is there's nobody else around. <laughs> it was the four four the family of four and the smiling cast member and everybody's happy and everybody's there and they're there on the the queue to uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, railroad because I recognize it. It's like, where's everybody else? Right. Where's all not, the other? <laughs> the picture was not taken in the middle of August. Clearly, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, so um, so sometimes we have these um, these fantasies about, particularly if it's your first time and you're not familiar with the experience. You know, uh, it's it's hard to uh, to get the reality of yes, it's going to be crowded. You know, there used to be times of the year that were. Uh, the so-called quiet times or the slow times, those are really dropping off now because um, there's only actually a few weeks now out of the year that we can say that Walt Disney World is not very crowded because they've done an excellent job of building uh, events like the running, the races uh, throughout the year and the festivals like food and wine and the flower and garden. So there, you know, it used to be like, yeah, just go the first couple weeks of December. You'll be right. fine. There's nobody there. <laughs> That has changed. It's it's not so so um, uh, so yes. So so getting your uh, your mindset together in terms of realistic expectations, knowing that you're not going to be able to to see and do everything. And and listen, this listen, this advice can go for just about everyone, not just families with right, right. Uh, challenges. You know, um, and and the mindset also that I personally uh, feel very strongly about is that. Uh, I feel that each person is responsible and the only person responsible for their own happiness. Uh, So, uh, you know, you have to set out with this knowing that, yes, I'm going to have extra challenges. Yes, this is going to be we're going to have some some difficulties, but we are going to to prepare for it and do the best we can and be flexible and ready to change those plans if needed. Uh, Nothing Nothing makes me shake my head quicker than when I read someone that say, oh, oh my gosh, I couldn't get on Toy Story Midway Mania. My vacation is ruined, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. Like if, if you think that there, if there's one attraction, one restaurant, one experience, uh, there's no one thing that's that if you don't get to do it, it's going to, quote, ruin your vacation. Um, so uh, to, to try to. Uh, you know, just just get your head in the right place. Get your get your head in the game so that you you aren't disappointed. And I think you're right. I think that's for anybody. You know, going to Walt Disney World. You look, go in first of all, knowing you're not going to see and do it all. Things are going to happen. There's going to be meltdowns. There's going to need be potty breaks. There's going to be all these kind of things. Whether you have special needs or not, look, come with the extended Mangello family. You'll see a family that's got some serious special <laughs> needs. You know. Um, but I think that's that's true for anyone. And I think you're sort of leading into um, the second point, which, again, is, is not just applicable to people that have special requirements or concerns, but you really do need to plan ahead 
before you go, right? You need to sort of do your research. And I think specifically with special needs, you, you, you really shouldn't just go to the parks and say, ah, we'll figure it out when we get there. You could. It will well, be. You it'll could. Make a right, you could. It'll make your challenges a little bit more challenging, potentially, but you can definitely have a better experience by doing your research and preparing ahead of time. And like you said, and like you do, there are a lot of resources out there available for you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the best thing to do initially is to go right to the mouth of the mouse and go right to the official website uh, because there is a ton of information there. Uh, they have special PDFs for uh, uh recommendations for guests with cognitive and uh, invisible disabilities. There's frequently asked questions page. Uh, so all you have to do is go to the, um, uh, the Disney.go.com, uh, Disneyworld.disney.go.com. <laughs> and um, uh, just even if you just type in uh, guests with disabilities, and there is tons of information there uh, to you know everything from can I rent uh, a wheelchair there at the park to how do I make my uh, resort res reservations for accessibility? Um, what's the bus transportation like? Um, you know what about um, you know accommodations if I have uh, visual impairment? You know it's all there on the website. I want to jump in really quickly because as I was preparing for this segment and I and doing my research, I was very very impressed because I don't remember seeing it. Years ago, how many pages on the official site were dedicated to that? You're right. There's a frequently asked questions page. There's services with guests with cognitive disabilities. There's a special needs booking page. So if you're trying to find you know, accessible rooms or accommodations for a specific disability, they have this page or they have a phone number that you could call. So they really do want to focus and let you know, yeah, we're, we're aware and we've got these resources and people standing by the ready to help you. And, and so I was very, very impressed with just how much I saw there and not just like a, a single, you know, FAQ page. Yes, it's really grown. It's really expanded. And it, let's not forget our friends, our good friends, the, the Disney Parks Moms panel. They are wonderful resources there, again, through the, the official website where you can actually submit individual questions regarding your specific situation because you know not everything is cut and dry not everything is black and white and there's nothing unfortunately in the rules of the universe that say well your family can only have one uh special <laughs> need and then we're going on to the next family no many times there's multiple needs and complex issues uh so for the for more complex cases you can access the disney parks moms panel um for uh, for for uh, uh, disability questions in terms of the, the accessibility of the resort rooms, they have a special phone number. So even if you don't want to do it online or for some reason you are unable to do, uh, you can call. And they also have the um, uh, the assisted line too. So if you're hearing impaired, you can use um, uh, the, the assistance through that to actually speak to someone and get more personalized individual information. And certainly, Kathy, there are, you know, there, there's things like the My Disney Experience app and, and those official resources. There's obviously also a ton of very specialized resources, too. So, you know, if you have something specific, you've got a, a special need or a special concern, chances are somebody is out there 
blogging about it, right? You do a podcast about it. There may be other podcasts or podcast episodes where people talk about it. So certainly look for some of those other people that are sharing either their own personal stories or advice via blogs and, and books and things like that. But I think the the real, uh, the, the, the best resource is not necessarily in, in the printed word or sort of the, the written sort of pushed out content like that. I think it really comes into the idea of community and connecting with other people and social media and things like Facebook groups and Google Plus communities. Yeah, you know, maybe not forums as much anymore because people sort of exist on a lot of those places. But even on Twitter, I'm sure it's a place to get questions asked and answered. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, the search engines are wonderful, wonderful tools. Um, I'm a big Facebook gal. I love Facebook. Um, Our podcast has its own private groups. Some of the groups are public. Some of the groups are private. And again, for people who aren't that familiar with Facebook, you know, there are public pages where uh, a podcast or a blog or a, a website might have their page. But then in addition, there are groups which are a little bit more personal, uh, personable and um, private, possibly. Our our particular group is very private so that people are a little more comfortable discussing perhaps potentially sensitive subjects or private subjects, things you wouldn't want to post right out on your your main uh, page on Facebook. Um, but Facebook groups are a wonderful resource. I, I belong to about a half a dozen Disney just for special needs. Right. You know, I mean, you could there's there's seriously about a hundred different Facebook groups just for Disney fans uh, on Facebook. But if you want to get really, really uh, specific, you know, you can find groups, you know, like, you know, for, for Disney with autism or Disney with diabetes or Disney with wheelchair. Um, It's very, very uh, easy to really niche it down and make personal, personal connections and have conversations with people who've been there, done that. And I find that that's just invaluable uh, because if you are apprehensive about a very specific question, you can just toss it out there to the group and immediately you'll get, you know, a half a dozen people saying, well, well, I did this and we tried that and, oh, don't do this or, you know, and you're you're going to get advice. Uh, of course, it's up to you to decide whether or not you're going to take it or leave it. Uh, but I just find it's just so reassuring to know that, oh, okay, other people have had this question too. You know, should I should I disconnect my insulin pump when I'm ready to go on rock and roller coaster? Right. That's not something you're going to find in a book or even on the, the main website. Uh, so uh, when you really want to get into the nitty gritty, I love the community aspect of social media. I agree, and I and I'm with you. I actually prefer Facebook groups to fan pages. I'm not a, a fan of fan pages. I think they have their place, and if you are a fan of a brand or a, a performer, but I think there's something about the inherent sense of community and trust, especially if it is around something like, for example, your your podcast. You have a community, so all those people who are in there. They know that they have a common interest. They also may have a, a common question, a common issue, common problem. So there is this sort of level of trust that they have with the other people in there because you all know that you are like-minded individuals with somewhat similar sets of circumstances to the, to the extent of we are going to Walt Disney World with some type of special needs. We are among friends. And there is definitely this 
I keep using the word community, but when you belong to something like that, you want to help other people, right? You're not just trying to to take, take, take. You want to sort of give and you want to sort of make people have the same type of good experience that you did, either by doing what you did or not making the same mistakes you've done in the past. Exactly. So let's actually talk about the the planning of the trip, right? We've talked about, you know, preparing before you go and, and getting the questions asked and answered, but now it's sort of time to actually start getting ready to go. And you can really kind of go down, and these are sort of two of the 10 different things to do, is planning your trip, A, either using maybe a travel agent that has specialized experience in working with people with special needs, or afterwards, let's talk about if you want to plan it on your own, what are some of the things you need to know? So let's sort of talk about working with travel agents first. Well, travel agents, I think it's just an amazing service, a free service. Many people do not realize that. Uh, and and there are seriously a gazillion billion Disney specialized <laughs> travel agents. I'm friends with many of them. Um, some of them, though, have a lot more experience with arranging uh, trips for guests with special needs. So, you know, you are busy depending upon, you know, uh, the complexity of the need, uh, depending upon your level of experience with uh, uh, traveling to, to Walt Disney World. It is an incredible resource, and I encourage you to use the services of a Disney specialized travel agent who has further specialization with special needs. I know personally our good friend Becky from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Uh, she has several agents who are uh, intimately familiar, not only because they have experience working with guests who have special needs, but because they themselves right. have special needs That's or have family members. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. And you can ask that, you know, when you approach uh, a travel agency, you can make a request. You know, I'd like someone who has experience with fill in the blank. Um, and and boy, you're going to get a real, you, you just can't put a price on, on that in terms of a resource. Plus, it's wonderful to be able to delegate some of the nitty gritty because, you know, you're busy, you're stressed, you've got a lot of things on your plate. Isn't it wonderful then to have someone in your corner who's going to make those room reservations for you and make sure that you have all of those special requests mentioned in there, who's going to make your dining reservations for you. I just, I cannot see why someone would not use a, a travel agent, quite honestly, particularly if they're inexperienced with the process. Right. And like you said, the services like Mousefriend Travel, like their services are complimentary. It doesn't cost you anything additional to call them up and say, hey, I want to change my reservation or, hey, I forgot to tell you that we have the special... They will take care of making those special requests for you, whether it's an accessible room, whether it's a food allergy, whether they're making a reservation, whatever it may be. And even if it's just if you have a question like, hey, I'm going with this. Is there anything I need to know? Is there, they will help you out with that. And, and I think that is, like you said, I think the differentiator is not just that they have experience working with clients, but they themselves have booked vacations for themselves or family members that have those needs. So they really are familiar with the process. And look, I think booking a Disney vacation can be overwhelming in and of itself just because of how much there is to think about. So when you do have somebody in your corner helping you out, giving you guidance that has that experience, I think it takes a lot of the pressure off booking a vacation. And I know, and look, on the other side of the coin, there are some people 
I used to be one of them, that part of the fun was in the planning. I used to sit down and take my little Excel spreadsheet and, you know, I would map <laughs> everything out. And that was part of the fun. I had my little binder and I did my thing and I was a total Disney. And I say was like I'm not still a total Disney nerd. But <laughs> what about for people that do want to book it on their own? They do like going through that process or they do want to really sort of handle it themselves. What are some of the things that people need to know if they are kind of it? you know, as you say, doing it DIY. You mean control freaks. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I'm a recovering control freak myself. You know, I, I had the operational plan and my binder and everything. And, you know, I used to get teased incessantly by my husband about that. But, you know, I've, I've over the years, I've discovered that I, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a benefit of, of relaxing, uh, uh, the plans a little bit. But if you, if you are a DIY uh, person, uh, let's start with the the resort uh, rooms. Uh, well, first of all, you have to decide whether you're going to stay on site or off site, depending upon uh, your particular needs. Um, if you are not a Disney Vacation Club member, or if you choose now, you don't have to be a Disney Vacation Club member to uh, to be able to get accommodations in the larger, more spacious uh, vacation club resorts. Many of those I, I recommend for people with special needs because they come with their own kitchens or kitchenettes. So if you have special dietary needs, that's wonderful. Um, they have a little extra space, which is great, if, especially if you've got multiple ECVs that you're parking and plugging in in your room or so. Um, so, uh, so that's something that you might want to consider. Uh, there's a special reservations uh, phone number. Uh, online, if you're making your reservations online, as many of us do now, you can filter through and there's uh, a spot where you can uh, look for accessibility. That means uh, essentially that you're, there's going to be a roll-in shower. It's, it's pretty much focused on the bathroom aspect, hand, the, the handrails and the, the shower seat and that sort of thing. But um, what if you need something a little bit more, you have a little bit more complex uh, questions, there is a special phone number that you can uh, call, which is 407-939-7675, and uh, speak to someone about making uh, very specific requests. The Sometimes you might make a request and we're always told, well, it's it's not guaranteed. But for you, you might make a request, for example, I need to be on the first floor. Well, maybe you need to be on the first floor because you use uh, an ECV and you just happen to be staying at the Caribbean Beach Resort, which doesn't have elevators. You know, so or or um, let me think of another one, uh, Pop, Pop Century. You know, there's no elevators there. So it's, it's then – absolutely necessary that you're going to be on the first floor. So you don't want to leave that to chance. You know, you'd have to speak to someone and make sure that it's noted on your reservation that you're asking this, not just because you like being on the first floor, but because of a medical need. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more too about some of the, I think, Kathy, there are probably some people who say, you know what, there's no way I can go because Disney's not going to have the special bed that I need. They're not going to have this and, and let's sort of maybe allay some of those fears because I think people might be surprised at just how accommodating Disney can be in terms of what you need. And let's even maybe talk about one of the other things that you need to know is that you can also, if you can't bring or can't take along or Disney doesn't provide some of maybe the equipment that you need, there are ways to get that as well. 
Oh, absolutely. You can you can rent equipment uh, of all kinds from uh, vendors that are outside the the parks, and they will deliver it to to the resort. So, um, uh, you know, it's very easy to just you just have to Google you know medical equipment uh, supply companies in the Orlando area, and vloom, you'll get. You'll get a whole list of them um, if you need to have uh, whatever, oxygen or a, um, a bedside uh, commode chair or something um, or uh, a hospital bed even. You know, uh, although you'd be – yeah, you would be surprised at how much Disney actually has. You, mm-hmm. you can get bed rails. You can get um, pads for your bed, you know, for, for incontinence. You can get – uh, certain types of shower chairs, uh, if someone needs to sit down in the shower uh, instead of standing. Uh, but again, there are certain types that they have and certain types that they don't. So you need a little bit of research. Um, but anything that they don't have on site, um, you can get very easily from an outside company. Yeah, and Disney, you know, welcomes that. It's not like you don't have to sort of sneak in the special bed. You know, you explain to them what they need. <laughs> they certainly work with and allow these these outside companies to come in because look and I'm quoting from Disney's website they have what they call a quote unwavering commitment to provide a welcoming and inclusive environment and accessible experience for all guests and if they can't provide it themselves they certainly you know open you up to to bringing in what it is that you need and they will sort of help you accommodate best they can let's also sort of take a, a step back a little bit too because we and look, look at me. My special need is that I'm always hungry. Um, <laughs> we talk about you know important things like food, right? And and making dining reservations and dining in advance. And then we I mentioned that a special need really is if you are vegan, vegetarian, gluten free, peanut free, allergic to shellfish, whatever those special dietary requests or restrictions might be. It does provide an extra challenge, but again, it no longer is that, well, you have to go into the restaurant and hope and pray that they have something you could eat. You can now not only you know just show up and, and talk to the chef, but it, you really can make plans ahead of time. Let's sort of talk a little bit about those special dietary requests before you go to the parks. Well, absolutely, because nothing ruins a vacation quicker than anaphylaxis, you know, that that kind of puts a spoiler on things when you cannot breathe. Uh, so uh, yes, there's uh, there's special dot diets at disneyworld.com. Uh, special dot diets at disneyworld.com. Uh, and you can contact them via email. Um, they request that you give them at least 14 days prior to your trip um, to let them know about your uh, special dietary requirements. And also, after you make your advanced dining reservations, you, you might also want to check back and just let them know which particular uh, restaurants. Uh, when you make your advanced dining reservations, you note that, whether you do it online or whether you do it via the phone or whether you have your travel agent doing it for you, uh, make sure that that's noted on your reservation for the sit-down. Now, the sit-down dining, yes, the chef will come to your table and the chef will discuss with you specifically what 
uh, your requirements are. Uh, you know, is this a true allergy? Do we have to, because they have special areas in the kitchen where they keep the utensils separate and the, all of the equipment special where they really prevent the cross-contamination of food, you know, or is this more of just a, a, a lifestyle dietary thing like vegan? You know, um, I remember coming to the uh, to the resort. We were at Primetime Cafe, and one of the members of our party was gluten free, and uh, we hadn't made advanced dining uh, reservations, uh, noting that. Uh, but she said, "Oh, I'd love to have the meatloaf, but no, they put breadcrumbs in that, whatever." And the waiter just said, "Hold on," and he he went in the back, and then the chef came out and said, "You know, oh, I can make you some meatloaf with." with gluten-free. Absolutely. You know, and (laughs) she was absolutely dumbfounded. Like, really? You know, it's like, yes, you know, they can make actually special dishes just for you uh, if you need it because of uh, a food allergy. Um, You may also need some advice if you're going to a buffet. Like, let's say you're going to Boma for breakfast and there's certain items that you have to stay away from. The chef will guide you through and say, okay, stay away from that. You can have that. Don't, you know, stay, you know, this is, this is safe for you. And again, they might be able to create something special for you. So, I mean, really, particularly in the area of special dining, Disney is absolute top notch. I agree. And, and you make a point that if you go and you happen to walk into a counter service or or you walk into a sit down and didn't make plans ahead of time, I, I wouldn't rely on it, but you can go in there and say, look, I need to speak to the chef because I have a special dietary requirement. And again, that could be an allergy. It could be I need kosher, whatever it may be. But you are much, much, much better off, especially if you sort of know where you're going to be calling ahead of time, getting somebody on the phone or or having your travel agent say, hey, this, this is what the need is because they can prepare something for you in advance or they can be aware of it in advance. And when you get there, the chef is ready and prepared to come out and talk to you and work with you. And I think that is really one of the things that Disney does very well is accommodating you best they can on the fly. Yes. Well, certain things like it's one thing to whip up a a batch of um, uh, gluten-free meatloaf. It's quite another thing to have kosher prepared meals. I mean, that is something that really does need to be done uh, in advance. Um, But uh, even the counter service, all the counter service restaurants have uh, resource books. Now, yes, you have to go to the side. You have to ask to speak to the manager. They'll give you a book. They all have ingredients lists. So you can actually look to see what food item you're thinking of selecting from the menu and see what the ingredients list. You really can't expect to have them make up something for you special at counter service just because of the nature of the, the, the food delivery. But you can have access to the ingredients list. Oh, and by the way, same thing with the food and wine festival. Or if you're going to the Flower Garden Festival and, and going around at the kiosks, you know, don't think that you have to, oh, f- food and wine, I can't go to food and wine because I'm allergic. Absolutely not. You can, you can get access to all of the ingredients lists to determine whether or not something is safe for you. Or you can ask to have something, uh, you know, let's say you're, you're gluten-free. You can say, okay, well, I'm going to have the lobster roll. Hold the roll. You know, you can still, you can still enjoy uh, the the food. And I think I, I, I don't want to overstate the obvious, but for, for guests who are going, who may have never gone before it's, you know, you, you should ask. It's okay to ask. Don't be afraid or embarrassed or whatever it may be. 
to just stop and say, hey, you know what? I, I, instead of saying, I'm not going to eat, it's okay, just go and ask a cast member. Because if they don't know, they'll find somebody who will get you the answer. They'll find a lead. They'll find a chef. They'll find whoever it is to get you that answer. And usually, 99.9% of the time, they will go as far out of their way as possible to try and accommodate you. So don't ever be afraid to ask. It, it doesn't uh, It doesn't cost you anything. There's no reason not to. And I think you'd be pretty surprised at the result. Uh, in Absolutely. Terms and they're getting better every day, really, Definitely. especially in terms of like the vegan. And uh, I'm so happy to read now that uh, baby cakes may be coming back, uh, perhaps in a different incarnation, but they may be coming back to Disney Springs because they are a wonderful resource of gluten-free goodies and well, all allergy-free. I mean, they have egg-free and dairy-free and everything, you know, so um, so uh, so happy to read that uh, that our friends at Baby Cakes may be coming back. And oh, by the way, it's delicious too. I'm yeah, not vegan. Yeah. Well, I, you know, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I went to try it and, and I was very impressed at some of the maple donuts and things like that. So I hope that they come back too, but you're right. The menu items now, no, now it no longer is that you have to go and ask for something. You'd be surprised how many things you'll find, not just at sit down, but at counter service or even the kiosks and the snack carts have items that are gluten free, dairy free, vegetarian, food and wine festival the same way. Let's actually talk about, you know, you're, you're there, you've got all these things. Now you're in, right? You're, you're in the parks. What about while you're in the parks themselves, taking advantage of the resources that Disney has above and beyond just dining? Okay. Uh, well, the first thing you need to do when you get your uh, park maps and you're orienting yourself to the parks is to take a look at where the first aid stations are and the baby care stations or comfort stations. Um, I always laugh, you know, baby care stations are not just for babies. Um, they're for anybody that needs to get out of the heat, anyone that wants to do a, um, a medical treatment in relative privacy, uh, anyone who needs to um, have uh, in the first aid stations, they have adult size areas where you can do personal care and hygiene. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really a wonderful place. The first aid stations, you can store medications there, particularly if they need to be refrigerated. You can store, if you want to carry an extra oxygen tank with you, you can uh, store that there. Uh, they can do so many, many things for you. It's not just Band-Aids and Tylenol. Yeah. And having two young children, that was my first experience having to go to the baby care stations. And I think you're right. Baby care and first aid is almost a bit of a misnomer because it is a respite. It is a place to go if you do need some privacy, if you do need to handle something. And they do have nurses on staff. So if you do need help, if you do need some additional assistance or, God forbid, you need you know some sort of emergency medical care, know where those places are ahead of time. Take advantage of the cast members and, and going to them saying, say, hey, this is what I need to do. This is my problem. Can you guys help me out? Uh, they will certainly go, again, I keep repeating, they will go out of their way to help you find this place or, or find the first first aid center or get the medical attention that you need. Absolutely. So what about, you know, you're in there and you've, you've got yourself and you're you're ready to go in you've, to have a good time. You've got your Fast Pass Pluses or you're, you're ready to start hitting attractions. What about the actual attractions themselves? Because I think, Kathy, this is one of the things that maybe potentially puts people off to say, oh, I could never go on this or my family couldn't do this because I, I can't stand in the queue or my son or daughter you know, can't be in a big crowd. 
let's talk about the accommodations in terms of attractions itself. And I think we really want to spend a little bit of time talking about things which for many years was known as the guest assistance card, which is now the disability access service card. A little bit of time, Lou, I can talk for three hours. <laughs> we have talked for three hours on my show about this because it's certainly a hot button issue. And I'm going to direct, just so you know, I'm going to direct people to your show. And I want to put links in show notes, not just to all the Disney resources, but your show and some of your specific episodes so people can go and really get sort of dive in a lot deeper into some of these topics. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this, this has been a big, big uh, issue uh, because uh, – a year ago, just a little over a year ago, it's 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 hard to believe it's we've passed the one year anniversary. But a year ago, this past October, uh, Disney radically changed their system of providing accommodation to uh, the rides, to the attractions uh, that they had been providing previously. Uh, before that, and I think it started, I think around two thousand two or so, that's when they first initiated the guest assistance card. Uh, and that was a service provided, again, to multiple types of disabilities and special needs. You would present yourself at guest relations at the park, uh, and you would say, I need accommodation because of whatever reason. And then you would get the card and it would be stamped. So for example, if you were vision impaired and you needed to be seated close to, to, to the front, you know, for example, for shows so that you could actually see what was going on, they would give you a stamp for that. Or if you uh, had a condition where you were exquisitely sensitive to the heat and the sun, well, there aren't too many at the Walt Disney World uh, parks. There aren't too many attractions that have queues out in the open, but some of them still do. And you could get a stamp that said, okay, you can have an alternate waiting area, an alternate entrance uh, Certainly people with mobility uh, concerns would have um, a stamp for alternate entrance. Um, or if you had a condition that you were requesting accelerated access, a.k.a. a shorter wait time, you would get a stamp, um, which is erroneously thought to have been the the so-called front-of-the-line pass, which is a, a – a, an untruth, you know, there never was a front of the line pass with the guest assistance card. I always uh, liked to quip that it was, yeah, it's the back of the line pass, uh, it was, <laughs> but it was the back of the fast pass queue, right, you know. Right. So, so um, the way that it worked and the way that we have used the guest assistance card, the old system in the past with Billy uh, because of his autism, particularly when he was younger, um, because of the the sensory. Uh, issues and the uh, the cognitive issues uh, and the 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 the, the <laughs> potential to, to to melt down the inability to understand uh, about time and waiting and that sort of thing. Uh, we were given the very very wonderful um, accommodation of being allowed to present our guest assistance card and just being led to the to the fast pass queue, mm. no matter what time of day, no matter what. And there wasn't any time. So it, it was great because we didn't have to run around the park and getting the old paper fast passes um, and splitting up our party. That's a big thing. You know, when you have certain special needs, it's very hard to split up your, your party. And, and, you know, sometimes there's strength in numbers. You need both parents there to kind of, you know, herd the cats. Um, so, so, 
but but nevertheless, you could see that this was a a tremendous boon in terms of cutting down your uh, your time in the queue. Uh, so, a year ago, uh, just about the same time that they were starting to gear up with the uh, the FastPass Plus system, the My Magic Plus, at, which is essentially Disney's system for controlling crowd patterns, uh, because even with the fast passes and, and with the tremendous and ever increasing number of guest assistance cards that were being uh, distributed, uh, there was still uh, a lot of weight, even in the fast pass queues uh, for people who had gone and received, uh, obtained rather their fast passes. People who had their guest assistance cards were still waiting a very long time in the the standby. So, uh, in conjunction with implementing the fast pass plus reservation system, they made a change to the guest assistance card. It was changed to the disability access service card or DAS card or DAS. Um, and uh, this was, of course, a very, very big change because in essence, the accelerated access or the shorter wait time was no longer being provided as an accommodation. Uh, what is being provided by the disability access service card is an alternating, excuse me, alternate waiting environment. So for the child or the adult who can't stand a long queue, who can't stand, you're essentially given, it's the old fast pass. Mm -hmm. you're, you're given a time to return. They look at the standby and let's say you're at Toy Story Midway Mania and you arrive and wow, it's 9.30 and already the standby is up to 60 minutes. They would say, okay, let's take your card. And they would say 60 minutes minus 10 minutes for travel. So they'll say, come back in 50 minutes, 5.0. And then you can go on the end of the fast pass queue. So the, the DAS works as... Um, Additional fast pass reservations, essentially. So you're expected to use your fast pass, but this is some extra. This is so that you can kind of fit it in between your fast pass reservations to help you uh, uh, get get to do the things that you need to do. But uh, again, it's a big uh, a big issue because the very very appreciated, <laughs> you know, shorter wait time is no longer. Right. And, and and you're right. And I think there's there's a lot more to discuss. I'm going to link in the show notes, not just to, to some of your shows about it in your site, but Disney does have an official site that has information about the program. And I think something to understand too, Kathy, is that, you know, it, it does, it, it is sort of meant to be, uh, it, it's what they're, they're doing as a replacement for the guest assistance card. But by the same token, guests can also go to guest relations to talk about, individual assistance, individual needs, individual requirements. It's not sort of a, you know, blanket, look, this is what we've got. This is what you got to choose from. Good luck, buddy. They will try and accommodate you, you know, best you can if you do have special circumstances. So, you know, don't be concerned necessarily about the change because you still can and should go to guest relations as needed to talk to them and see what they can do to try and accommodate you and any sort of special requirements you may have. Yes, and and as I always say, you know, uh, give it a try. Um, I I uh, recently had a guest on uh, the show who had done a an informal survey uh, where people responded to how they were using the the DAS, and it was kind of split down the middle. 
half of the people said, hey, works great, no problem. And the other half were saying, ah, I still need help. I need some more, you know, additional. Um, and, and that is available. Um, it's not really known publicly uh, because, again, the concern that people are going to misuse the, um, the accommodation. But, you know, you can go, again, guest relations. And this has to be done in person. This is not something like dining special dining or special room accommodations. This is not something that can be done ahead of time. This is something that has to be done in person right there at the park. Um, the good news is, is, you know, your DAS card is good for your entire trip. Or if you're an annual pass holder, if you live locally, it's good for, I, oh gosh, I'm, they've, they've been changing it around. I think it's good for about two months, you know? Like, so in other words, you don't have to keep going back every single day, you know, to, to get a new card and, and uh, take time out of your fun to, to do, to do this. Um, now the DAS is provided, I guess it's more for the people with the invisible disabilities, uh, the people who have problems with, um, the actual queue environment and the experience. The other accommodation is for guests with mobility issues um, and or endurance. Uh, so people who have a hard time, they can they say, "Oh, I can't wait on the line because I, I get tired, my feet hurt, I can't I can't stand my knees, whatever." They are being requested then say, "Okay, well then you need to rent a scooter or a wheelchair or some sort of mobility device." In which case, you'll be given an alternate entrance accommodation which is a separate uh, line through the, the traditional wheelchair queue. Uh, you can also request, and this is something that uh, is, is kind of new and uh, people may not realize this, you can request for a child or a, or a smaller adult, you know, if they want to use their stroller as a wheelchair. And I know you're probably scratching your head saying, how can you use a stroller as a wheelchair? particularly when you are talking about people on the autism spectrum or with sensory integration disorder or um, anxiety, that sort of thing, um, having that little environment of the stroller. I mean, come on, Lou, how many times have you been in the park and you're so exhausted and oh you look God. long, you look <laughs> longingly, <laughs> you look longingly at those strollers and go, Oh, can I please oh, just kid, sit? You have no idea how lucky you are being in that. Yeah. Can, can, yeah. Cause it's nice. It's cozy. You got your own little environment. You got your little blankie. If you want, you got your little fan, you got your little cover, your shade cover. <laughs> and you know, you can just A sort of cocoon. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of cocoon yourself. Let someone push you around. Well, for some uh, people who have certain invisible disabilities, this is very comforting and it allows them to um, to experience the, the park. It gives them a little bit of a, a, a barrier, personal space, you know, between other people that might be jostling up uh, next to you or so. And so you can use and get a tag, a special tag that you can put on the stroller that says, yes, my child is using this stroller as a wheelchair, in which case you can use the alternate entrance and you can go up the ramps because regular baby strollers cannot go through those entrances. You have to park your stroller and walk to the ride. And then after you're finished on the ride, you come out and you get your stroller. So that is a real benefit. That's a boon to a lot of families that find that just that little extra accommodation of being able to use that stroller in this way can, you know, it can make a big difference in whether or not their, their child can tolerate the crowds. 
And, and and lest we forget too, you know, we keep on talking about you know children. Let's also think about things like seniors and people who are larger guests or taller guests, and say, hey, am I going to be able to you know fit into this attraction? Am I going to fit into the vehicle? I'm going to go back to the same saying the same thing over and over again, which is just ask. There are a number yes. of attractions where you can go and test out the ride vehicle before you get into the attraction itself. So yes, say, and they hey, will do that. They will do that discreetly. Absolutely, they they will do that sort of. You know, it's not sort of in a in a public place. Yeah. It's backstage. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go back to just ask, just talk to, and by the same token, you know, do it. Uh, understand that especially the frontline cast members are given instruction. They are told what they are allowed to do. If you're not getting the response that you want, don't take it out on that cast member. Go to guest relations, ask for a manager, go and talk to somebody off to the side somewhere. They will try and help you. And uh, on one hand, when I say don't take it out against cast members, if you are frustrated, if you're not getting the results that you want, by the same token, and I think, Kathy, this is sort of the 10th the on our list of 10, is that also when your trip is over or as your trip is about to end, it's important that you let Disney know about your experience. The only way they are going to get better is by knowing about things that you are encountering, challenges you have, things that you don't like or things that you do like. You don't know how important it is to a cast member for somebody to take five minutes to go to guest relations and say, hey, I just got off Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and Kathy, the cast member, was so wonderful and so accommodating and she helped me out. I, I want you to make a note in, in her record, right? Because oftentimes the only times people go is to complain. Go to let people know that you had a good experience. Or afterwards, what are some of the ways, Kathy, that people can give Disney feedback about things, not necessarily a, a complaint or a compliment, but hey, this is what I experienced. Here maybe is an idea for how you can improve on this. Absolutely. Well, Disney loves their surveys. They, 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 you will receive, if you, if you've done a, a vacation in the past, you know that when shortly after you return home, you're going to get, um, or an email request to fill out a survey, fill it out, fill it out, uh, honestly, fill it out completely and give your, uh, your recommendations. Uh, there's also actually, uh, in guest relations, they have disability services, and there are, uh, and you know, I'll give you the, the the phone numbers and the the emails. There is a special email, a special. They have actually committees just working on the DAS and taking in all of the the guest feedback for that because they are tweaking it. They're adding things. Uh, uh, there's a it's unconfirmed, but uh, there is now uh, talk of it by the end of the month, the DAS card is actually going to be linked to your, um, electronically. There's the, the, the written handwritten cards are going to be going away at Disneyland by the end of the month. So that we know that Walt Disney world is probably going to be soon to follow, uh, because that's something that guests have said. They're like, why do we have to have this card? Why can't you just link it in our, our magic band with everything else that's in the magic band? You know, well, it looks like this is coming to pass, you know, um, there's also been things like, Hey, uh, you know, our particular, uh, you know, situation with our, our children that kind of obsess on things and, you know, they, they, because of their, their autism and because of their, um, uh, their cognitive, they like to do a, a ride like three times in a row, boom, boom, boom. And it has to be three. It can't be two. It can't be four. It has to be three. It's almost like an OCD thing. Um, so 
I've often heard now many instances where they are now extending the DAS where they will just let you go and loop and go around because once the child gets it out of their system, ah, you know, right. they, there's, there's, there's peace in the kingdom, you know, and they can go on and do everything else because they've done Space Mountain three times in a row. And that is my Billy. I'm talking about my son in particular. <laughs> like he'll just get it in his head. Like I have to do, you know, um, uh, this one particular thing. And then once he gets that done, then the rest of the day, you know, he's a happy camper, you know, because it's, it's, it's a compulsion kind of a thing. Like he has to get the number three. Uh, so, so they've been taking feedback like that and they're they're They are tweaking it, changing it. And I am sure that we are going to see as, as the fast pass plus system, as the my magic plus system is evolving, changing, uh, developing and firming up, they're going to change also the, the, the accommodations, the DAS to be associated with that. So, um, but you can call them, you can email them. And I, I, I've recommended that people email, uh, uh, disability services to give their, uh, uh, suggestions, uh, to give their responses, uh, to tell whether or not the system is working for them. And if they required, additional uh, accommodations and if with those additional accommodations did that work because again it seems Lou to be split right down the middle half of the people responded are doing a-okay they're fine with it they're like hey I got my fast pass plus and I got my DAS and I'm golden and then there's other people that say no right. this is not working for me but that's because well this isn't a one-size-fits-all situation. As we said at the top of the show, special needs are unique, individual, and often complex. And it's also, to it's an ever-changing landscape, right? Disney is always adjusting. They're always trying to, to make things better. So it is important to give feedback. It is important to ask. I'll put links in the show notes to where you can call uh, 407-560-2547 or email disability.services at disneyparks.com. With questions, I'm certainly going to also link to your site and your podcast, which is specialmouse.com. I, I am grateful for you not only coming on your show uh, on the show, but for what you do in sort of sharing your experiences and your information. Because I think, Kathy, there's probably a lot of people that are concerned, they are afraid, they are unaware of if they are able to do it. And I think that you're sort of sort of demystifying some of it and giving people a comfort level that I think that they should have, right? Again, Disney wants it to be an all-welcoming, all-inclusive environment, and it seems like they are doing everything they can to try and make that happen. Again, I'll put links in all the sh in the show notes. I'll sort of go over again some of these top 10 things. You know, get your expectations ready, do your research, connect with others online, use a, a Disney specialized travel agent or, you know, learn some of the things you need to do if you're going to make the reservations yourself. Understand you can make special dietary requests. You can rent medical assist or, or assistive equipment. Take advantage of and know where those baby care centers and the first aid stations are. Know before you go and look into your disability access service card, alternate entrances and things you can do when you're in the attractions and then when your vacation's over or before it's over. Make sure you give feedback about your experience so they can help improvement. Kathy, that has been a, a tremendously invaluable list. I appreciate, again, you coming on. People can find you at specialmouse.com. Where can they find you on the Twitter? 
at Special Mouse Pod, P-O-D. Awesome. Thank you. And on Facebook, listen, if you want to join the group, uh, you can go to the fan page because you won't be able to find the group because it's a secret super secret squirrel you know we're we're we're, we're very pri- it's a private group so it's not going to pop up if you search for it but go to special mouse podcast the the it's an open fan page just throw a note up there on the wall that you're interested in joining the group i'll be happy to hook you up awesome and again i'm going to put links to uh to all this kind of stuff and definitely go subscribe to her show go back and check them back check out some of her 50 plus episodes because i'm sure you guys will find some additional information in there as well and let's keep this conversation going if you have questions you can post them in the show notes you can tweet me you can tweet kathy uh here on twitter or facebook or at www.radio.com kathy kelly rn thank you so so very much my friend thank you lou the magic is for everyone It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to what you see or maybe even to what you hear. You can then enter via email for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before I get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week's question wasn't about history or trivia or what you see in the parks, but how well you pay attention during some of the attractions. Because the quote that I gave you that I asked you to identify was, but let's not talk about me, let's talk about you and how you can help me make history today. Well, that, of course, was Dr. Seeker from the Dinosaur, or formerly known as Countdown to Extinction Attraction, in Dinoland USA at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Congratulations and thanks to all of you who entered and got this one correct. I randomly selected one winner who was playing for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom history and details and stories, a copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book, and I also was going to throw in a mystery Disney pin. And last week's winner, randomly selected from all the correct entries, is Larissa Burden. So, Larissa, congratulations. Send me your address. I'll send out your prize package. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next opportunity to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week's question is about the details and the level of story that Imagineers put into place in so many of these attractions. There is so much to see, not necessarily in the attraction itself, but sometimes in the queue. And an example of this can be found in Maurice's Cottage in the New Fantasyland Enchanted Tales with Belle attraction. In order to set the stage and the story of going into Beast Library, you are magically transported from Maurice's cottage into the library for that storytelling experience. But let's see how well you pay attention to Maurice's cottage itself because so much is in there is about Belle's childhood and you can see everything from her books to marks on the wall showing how she's grown year after year. But clearly Belle loved her father, loved spending time with him and in fact, when they were sitting in the round the house together would play games together. That's your question for this week. What game is sort of in progress on the table in Maurice's cottage? It seems that Belle and her father were in the middle of a game together, so all you need to do is identify what game Belle and her father were playing. 
You have until Sunday, November 16th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. This week, you're playing again for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book, and I'm also going to throw in a Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party exclusive Elsa spell card for the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game. You can only get it during the Christmas party this year. It's the Elsa's Icy Shield spell. I'm going to include that with your prize package. So again, you have until Sunday at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Quick thanks again to everybody who's reviewed my 102 ways to save money for and at Walt Disney World book over on Amazon.com. We have nearly 150 reviews. Would love it if you purchased the book and enjoy it. If you'd please go to Amazon.com and leave a rating and reviewing there. And also, please help spread the word. Tell your friends. Also, don't forget that in addition to the podcast, which you can subscribe to over on iTunes, please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. It's a live interactive newscast where I discuss this week's Walt Disney World news, and you can interact and ask and answer questions real-time in the chat room. You can watch by visiting WDWRadioLive.com on your browser or download the free Ustream app on your iOS or Android device. You can watch right from your phone or tablet as well. This Wednesday, we have a very, very special show because you are going to come with me to a Disney artist's home where he's going to teach us about character drawing and actually show you how to draw Donald Duck. Again, that's this Wednesday, November 12th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. It is, of course, free. Everybody is invited to come by, watch, and chat and learn from a Disney artist. While you're on the website, be sure and also check out our multiple daily blog posts from an incredible team of very, very talented contributors and writers new videos, subscribe to our free email newsletter, and connect with me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello, facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello, or like the page at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. I love hearing from you, so if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me, Lou at WDWRadio.com. It could be about an upcoming trip, history, trivia, whatever it may be. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. And of course, as much as I love connecting with you guys, engaging with you online and, and via Twitter and Facebook and other social networks, I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. So please visit the events page over at www.radio.com to find out about upcoming events, including our meets of the month in Walt Disney World. And next week, we're taking the show on the road and going out to Disneyland for the, event, the Avengers Half Marathon. And so we're going to have a meetup on Saturday, November 15th at the Cozy Cone Motel at 11.30 a.m., The 5K race will long be over that morning, so you have plenty of time to go back, shower, and come share a cozy cone with me because food is better in a cone and even better when shared with friends. You can also check out the events page for other events, including our cruise to Alaska on the Disney Wonder next June. And I have to say a very quick and heartfelt thanks to everybody who came out to this past weekend's Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World in Epcot. This past Saturday, we met at La Cantina de de San Angel in Mexico. A lot of people showed up, and as I was sort of alluding to on Twitter and Facebook, you had a little bit of a surprise. A lot of the members from the WW Radio running team were there, 
as well as so many of you who have contributed to our efforts to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America and grant wishes of children and their families who are looking for a little bit of of that Disney magic and have a wish sponsored and a trip granted to Walt Disney World. All of you who have participated in online auctions or donated or bid on an auction item or volunteered or contributed in any way, you really are the ones that make a difference and have helped us raise more than a quarter of a million dollars for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America over the past number of years. Well, this past weekend, as a surprise for everyone, one of those families and one of those children that we sponsored took time out of their trip to come and be part of the meet of the month. They wanted to say thank you to us for making their daughter trip, their daughter Shiloh's trip possible. And it was an incredibly uh, wonderful, warm event. It was great for us and the team to see the result of their efforts and their fundraising. And it was great for that family to be able to connect to those people that helped make that trip happen. Um, I am so grateful to all of you who um, who helped make the Dream Team possible. And if you are interested in learning more, visit dreamteamproject.org. Or if you want to be part of the running team, please visit www.radio.com slash running to find out more. If you want to come, walk, run, cheer, wheel, whatever it may be, we would love to have you part of uh, a really growing group of runners. We have nearly 500 people on the team uh, as to, to date, and it's uh, it's an amazing experience, and you can really sort of see the result of what the fundraising done this past weekend um, definitely evidenced that. Uh, also, please go and visit LouMangelo.com. You can find out some of the other things I'm doing sort of outside the Disney space a little bit, including uh, some one-on-one and group coaching and consulting. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or you have a podcast, find out how I might be able to help you as well as some other locations that I'll be speaking at on the road, including conferences and schools and, and to organizations and things like that. Uh, quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. Whether you're coming to World, Land, ABD, Disney Cruise Line, whatever it may be, visit mousefantravel.com for the best possible prices, all available discounts, more importantly, an incredible level of service that's offered by them at no cost to you. And go to celebrationspress.com to subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, you demonstrate it every single day to me. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links and come by and comment over on Facebook. And please come review the show. Take five minutes. Review the show over in iTunes, we have almost 900 five-star reviews. Would love it if we can get up to 1,000. want to say big thanks to a couple of recent reviewers, including Sayrel, Little Ragu, and Pecos Jim. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to go and rate and review the show. If you want to find out how, just go to iTunes, search for WDW Radio, or you'll find a link on the homepage and sidebar over at www.radio.com. And finally, and most importantly, my friends, and again, you, you truly are my friends. You show and prove this to me. Uh, every single day. Thank you so much for letting me do what I do and share my love of Disney with you in so many different ways. I, I realize and, I, and I'm so aware and grateful every day of just how fortunate I am because of you that you let me do it. And I want you to do the same thing. I want you to feel the same way. So the secret to, to success and happiness, because to me, success is measured not in dollars and cents, but by levels of happiness, 
is to know what you're doing, love what you're doing, and believe in what you're doing always and always having faith and always moving forward. I want to thank you guys again so very much. I hope you all have an incredible week. I look forward to meeting some of you out in Disneyland this weekend. So until next time, see ya. Good morning, Lou Mangiello. This is Arlene Yagi from West Seneca, New York. And good morning, Box People and WGW Radio, Disney Wonder Alaska Cruisers. We are now 205 days away from our Alaska adventure on the Disney Wonder. I have my room booked and my airfare booked, and now I can start thinking about excursions and anything else that might come up. I am so excited. Next week, Thursday, and now uh, I will be today waiting for my daughter to get off the Disney Dream to go for her birthday adventure in Hollywood Studios and then go to dinner at a restaurant in downtown Disney. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and a magical weekend and be safe on your adventures that you are going to do. Always think positive, like Lou tells us. It really helps me get moving along in my day and in my life. It's very good. My 30-day challenge went very well. I finished my book that I was reading, and I thank Lou Montello for making me do that challenge. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Hi, Lou. This is Kelly from Chaska, Minnesota. Just calling to say we just got back from a wonderful trip down to Walt Disney World. This was my 32nd trip, and I'm only 22 years old, so it's kind of a big deal for us way up here in the cold north. Uh, but it was so much fun. Can't wait to get back. Would have been fun to finally see the voice that I listen to every week on uh, the podcast, but, you know, sometime maybe we'll get to actually meet, do that handshake and a hug that you always talk about. Disney's been such a magical place for me, and I hope that everybody else enjoys it as much as I do. Can't wait to get back. Enjoy listening to the show. Have a great week, everybody. You've got a friend.